All right, some. I wasn't going to bring that up, Bernie. All right. Somebody tell me something good. Kelsey's graduating in May. All right. That's from junior high, right? <laughs> no. Uh, graduates high school in May. That's good. Can you remember when you graduated? D Doug, my friend, I'm going to tell you about him in a minute. When he was in school, world history was only a semester class. <laughs> There's some of these people going, I never took world history. All right, somebody tell me something good. Last call. This is last call. You helped the homeless guy today? Oh, good for you. Well, you did good. What's Emory? There you go. We like to know when there's a good paycheck coming. I'm Zimri's best friend. I just want y'all to know. We do the exercise like this every night. We got some fresh faces. Let me say, remind you. We do this. There's some folks sitting in this room that have not had good days. There's some of us in here, some of you, have not had good months or years. Uh, but I believe, and I'm not asking you to believe it, I'm just telling you, I believe that God, that what God promised is true, that He works all things together for good to them that love the Lord. And one of the reasons we do this little exercise every time we get together is so that we can learn to look for that good. Are there things happened today that took you, hurt your heart? Are there some things that kicked you in the gut? Are there some things that worried you sick? Yeah, I suspect so. But can God work those things out for good? Yeah. Uh, we've got a Bible full of examples, and then we've got a room full of examples. Uh, let's catch a breath and tell me. Tell me, one, tell me one thing that you know from your life that looked horrible, that looked like it was impossible, looked like it was, well, it was the end, and yet God has worked and worked it out for good. I'll give you time to think about it. Antonio? I have a daughter here that has changed her life completely around. <laughs> Never gave hope up, but it came close a couple of times. Mm -hmm. and I, after we left, Sonny and I were talking about it, and I asked her, it, it's a fact that that Kathy had a nice wreck. We wouldn't be here today if Kathy wouldn't be where she is. And she agreed with me. She don't do that very often. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the biggest miracles I've seen. I believe it. I believe it. I'm going to... We've talked about this before, so I'm not, I'm not telling any secrets, but Antonio said it before. There were nights that uh, 
late at night when the phone would ring he would expect to hear she's in the hospital she's been in an accident or worse she's dead uh, where is he sitting right there in holding hands distance to the daughter that he was afraid would die and uh, would be lost not just to eternal loss but lost to life and where is she in the family of God that's right God works things out for good it doesn't always seem that way so I'm telling you and the reason we go over this is it, and this is not theory y'all it's not theology it's just it's life stuff uh, almost seven almost 17 years ago when my world blew up and I wanted to die tried my best to die uh, I would not have ever imagined this I would have not ever have imagined you can't believe even now what God has done here and I've told you before this last year we watched 119 people receive a new life I have never been in any church big old church or any church that's ever I've ever seen where I've ever seen God do what he did here amazing can God work things out for good so when it's tough, what do you do? Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. No. When it's tough, what, am I, what do you do? I don't know what No. What do you do? You hang on. Hang on. You get up in the morning and you take care of your business. You don't give up. You don't give in. Um, Reddit. I wish I'd have thought of it. Well, after tonight, when I after I say that I didn't make this up from now on, when I say it, I will admit the one. Okay. And when you repeat this, said Rex said this. Uh, some of us got into a pattern. We got in. You know, it's like we had a flat tire on our car, so we slashed the other four, uh, the other three tires, so all of them would be flat. Some of us got hurt by a mate, or some of us got in trouble at on job, and so what we do? We made things worse. I'm mad at my husband, so I'm going to go get drunk. There you go. That works good. Yeah. I got pulled over by the cops, so I tell you what I'm doing is I'm going to punch him. Oh, that's good. Yeah. How's that work for you? There are good things God is working. There are good things that God is working in this room. Don't give up. Don't give up. All right. You got your Bibles? Go to Proverbs 18. Now this, you got a good supper, right? Richard did a great job. Eloise helped him and we appreciate that. Eloise did a great job, of course. Richard took the credit. But you got your Bible, go to 18. Now, but you got a good meal out of the deal, so now you got to go to work. Alright? Everybody together. Everybody together. From chapter 1, what do we do? Where does it start? Where does it start? Fear God. Say it again. Oh, that's, that's weak. Next week you're not feeding them at all if they don't do any better than this. Number one, fear God. That's where it starts. And we start that today. Number two, we...
Walk with good people. If you walk with good people, you're going to be going the direction that the good people are going. Right? And the good people are not going the direction some of us went. So walk with good people. Number three, everybody. One more time. You get a grip. Get a grip on your emotions. I can't help it. Yes, you can help it. Get a grip on that. Control your impulses. Don't, get your, don't let yourself get it. You're going to feel anger. You're going to feel fear. But you don't have to react that way. Right? Number four. Everybody. Number five. Everybody. Danger ahead. And if there is a flashing light, if there is danger ahead, what are you and I supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Pay attention. Keep your eyes open. Don't close your eyes and scrunch down like you're going to get hit. No, you keep your eyes open and steer through the wreckage, right? Number six, hate what God hates. Seven, an apple a day will keep the devil away or your ex if you throw the apple hard enough. All right, eight, that's, me. that's bad, isn't it? That's bad. Eight, check your messages. Nine, get smart. Ten, don't ignore correction. Now, one of the things I love about this, one of the things I love, I gotta, and they're not in here, so I'm, and this is what it, we say in here stays in here, right? And we'll tell them when they're here next. No. <laughs> Slap him. Um, one, of our, one of our couples that has some kids, you know, we've, we've gone through this thing, and they're working with them at home, and I hope you're doing the same thing, going over these at home, that kind of practicing them and stuff. And... Uh, one of the children was getting uh, the laying on of hands, if you know what I mean. The kid started howling, obviously like he was going to die. And the mom said, the mom said, you had your chance to get out of this. If you'd have just listened to what I said, if you had just paid attention, I would have, I, you would not be getting a spanking right now. And the brother walked by at that time and said, yep. He ignored correction. He ignored correction. He ignored. I think there was a second beating that took place there. It was the brother on brother then. All right, so number 10 is don't ignore correction. 11, character counts. 12, uh, 12 is one of my favorites. It's one of the ones I, that works on me the most. If a man hates correction, he is he's stupid. So don't be stupid. But when we get honest, when somebody corrects you, what's your response? We get defensive. We get mad. We get our feelings hurt. Somebody says, you need to do this. And we all bow up. We get all strutty, you know. And what we got to do is learn. If somebody's correcting me, they're making me smarter. So I should, ooh, thank you for saying that. I may not like it, but it's good for me to get smarter, right? Thirteen. Choose wise friends wisely. Fourteen, build your four. Don't tear down your house. You cannot build your family. You cannot build your home. You cannot build your life by tearing people down. That's just the truth. You can't tell your mate all the things that are wrong with him or her and expect them to get better. It's impossible. You've got to accentuate the positive. You've got to bless the positive. You've got to water the positive. You've got to find something positive and, and nurture that, right? Build your fort. Fifteen, don't stir up trouble. Sixteen, make things right. Seventeen, 
Sometimes you just need to drop it. Now, I'm going to say this because I heard it the other day. Somebody do it. Said, yeah, man, I, I remember that. Just drop it. And I just kept, <laughs> I just, is one of our guys saying, and I just kept her, telling her, honey, just drop it. Just drop it. Just drop it. You are not the drop it police, all right? You can't go around telling people to drop it. It's for you to drop it. And can I suggest you don't get into a fight with your mate or somebody and you say, okay, fine, I'm just going to drop it. If you do this motion right here, that may be the last motion you do in life. 17, you just drop it. 18, I want you to look at verse 24. Guys, I had no idea. I had no idea. Well, and whether you believe me or not doesn't really matter to me, but I had no idea that it would work out this way. I was going to tell you this, some of these stories tonight uh, anyway, because Proverbs 18, 24, when I read this verse, I think of this fella. I'm going to read it in my Bible, okay? We're going to start at the beginning of it. He says, the man that has many companions comes to ruin. Let me say to you, okay, some of you, and I was among you, I'm a recovering many friends person. I wanted everybody to like me. And there's nothing wrong with that, except when it causes you to start doing things to make sure they like you that end up getting you in trouble. The man of many companions, many friends, comes to ruin. I, I love you. But I hear every once in a while, especially those of you, when you first started your farce book stuff, you would go, I've got 37 friends. Those are not friends, folks. Those are stalkers. <laughs> they watch your life. They, and they eavesdrop on your conversations. And they check. Listen, listen, listen. The person that has many friends, they may come to ruin. But read the next phrase. There is a, there is a, there is a true friend that sticks closer than a brother. Okay? I got three brothers. I got three brothers. I believe any one of those brothers would do anything in the world for me. The truth. I think they would do anything in the world for me. My brothers are not like some of the brothers you've had, some of the sisters you've had. I believe my brothers would do anything in the world for me. But I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I had no idea it would happen this way, but he's here tonight. You've never gotten to meet him. You've heard me talk about him. You've heard me say, I've got this friend and I really like him because he's older and shorter than I am. <laughs> he's here, all right? This is Doug. Everybody look, this is Doug. Wait. I met Doug this time of the year in 1973. You, those of you who do math, figure that up. That's a long time ago. Shut up. Yeah. But 44 years ago, 44 years ago, 
I can tell you where I was. I can tell you where I was sitting when I saw him for the very first time when we first met. And we may have we may have bumped into each other. We may have been officially introduced before then. But when we really met, I can tell you where we were, what we were doing, and I can remember some of the conversation. And I remember thinking, I like this guy. Forty-four years later, I'm telling you, I still like this guy. And not just like him, I love him. I would, I think, I'd want to believe that I would do anything in the world for him. And I've seen him be that way with me. I have no doubt about it. He's proven that. And I got lots of stories, and if he starts telling stories, y'all ignore him, because he'll lie, he will lie bad. <laughs> but what I want to do is I want you to tell me about your, and I'm going to tell you a story about it. I want us to focus, if nothing else, if that's all we do tonight is on this verse. Because the key phrase there is I want to be that kind of friend first. I'm not going to have that kind of friend unless I can at least try to be that kind of friend. Does that make sense? We have expectations of everybody. Well, they need to do this for me or they need to do that for me. No, 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 no. Wrap that, take it in verse. Re rework that. Start all over again. You be that person. You be the kind of person that people can count on. More than family. Count on more than that brother. Count on more than those folks. You be that kind of friend. And then you find in somebody else that kind of friendship. Uh, I don't know all the different ways to say this. But ladies, that guy that you love, if he ain't this kind of friend, move on. Move on. You want to find this kind of friend. Um, tell me the name of your best friend. Tell me the name of your best friend and why they are your best friend. And you cannot say, well, they're always there for me, man. Because I don't know what that means. So tell me, who's your best friend and what's he like? What makes him your best friend? Who's your best friend and what's she like? What makes her your best friend? My best friend is Stephanie Swan. She's a friend of 20 plus years. If she's the type of friend that if I murdered somebody, she'd help me hide their body. <laughs> now, in this... In this audience, you really want to go that direction, huh? Ernest. <laughs> oh, yeah, good question. Where is your husband? Yeah. That's a good one, Ernest. Who's your best friend and why? Fourth grade. Now, I, one of the things I like about that story is because uh, Lex did something for her best friend Andrea that uh, 
everybody ought to do for their best friend. What'd she do? Introduced her to Jesus. Introduced her to Jesus. So Andrea's got a brand new life now because of Lex. Who's your best friend and why? Michael? Uh, mine was uh, my wife's mother. She's passed away, but uh, she introduced me to God. Yeah. And uh, she was a mother I never had. Um, I did everything. I mean, she did everything for me. She was a mother. She was a nice lady. And I love her for that. And, and we all met her there, and she was there for me all the time. Who's your best friend and why, Stephen? My best friend is Amanda Marino. Um, Amanda is no longer with us. Amanda was a very beautiful, strong-hearted person, strong-willed mother. Amanda taught me, unfortunately, through her death, that there would never be no man that was worth me to get beat or lied to or traded for anything. Um, Drugs needed to not be a part of my life. Her abuser and murderer was highly addicted to drugs when he killed her. And through that I learned, no matter how hard it was to let go of certain people, and how, no matter how much I thought somebody could change because I loved them so much, or because I wanted to just think I had the power and capability to help them change, that it was never going to be worth the risk of losing my life at the hands of someone that didn't love me. <coughs> you cannot love a person enough to change them. You can't. Now love will change a person if if they want to change. But I know and I love you we talk about it. You're good to talk to me about it, and I appreciate that, and I'm not making light of anything you said. But you can love that guy. You can love him and sacrifice yourself. You can sacrifice your home. You can sacrifice your kids. You can sac sacrifice your soul for him. That won't change him. Guys, the same thing's true. You can... You can do anything in the world for her. You can prove to her you love her. But that does not mean that she'll be what you need her to be or love you the way you need to be loved. You can't. You can't change somebody. You can't love them enough to change them. So thank you, Stephanie, for that. Who's your best friend? Why? Bernie. already, you know, she's already going to be 75. Um, she's always wanted me to stop drinking. And she ha she's seen me already when she came down here. She saw the house. Everything's completely like, like she's, like everything's different now. And the, the way I talk, the way I, me and Tita were talking to my mom. And she's happy because one day if something happens to me, I always go in peace because that's the one only thing I will talk to God. 
Yeah. How long has it been since you stopped drinking? <laughs> Outstanding. Who's your best friend and why? Zimri. Who's your best friend and why, Julie? My longest term best friend is um, one of my sisters. And um, I don't get to see her enough, but we talk on the phone all the time. And um, like I can tell her anything at all. And she like helps me like work through it and gives me like the best advice and Let's me talk to her about God and about the Bible, and um, and I have parents that didn't have a clue how to be parents, and she, we weren't real close when we were younger, but now, you know, I've kind of gotten to be, you know, younger adults and stuff. It's like I could always go to her for anything because I didn't have my parents to go to, and she just would always, always, always be there for me. And what's her name? Cindy. Cindy. Through like the most difficult time, she has always, she's never turned her back on me. She's always just shown like complete love for me. The reason I ask their names is because when they when we say them out loud, I want us to be praying and thanking God for them, right? We want to thank God for those kind of friends, but honest, I don't want to just thank God for them, is I want to be that kind of friend, right? That's where we start, is being with that kind of friend. So these things you're hearing, let's, let's hear them. That's the lesson. You want to be that kind of friend? That's where it starts, with that unconditional love. Or that staying through the toughest times, that kind of love. That's the, that's the be that kind of friend. Who's your best friend? Why? Antonio. Mm, Americans of Mexican descent in Nebraska. <laughs> and uh, 
We got in the pickup truck to go somewhere that started talking about spicy food. And I made, I never had liked it very much. And he turns to me and he says, I thought, I thought all Mexicans liked spicy <laughs> <laughs> And I turned to him, well, <coughs> It's just like I thought all white people were rich. Yeah. And I've shared that with you before. Yeah. I'd like for all four of us to get together and we would have a hilarious time. I would love that. You three guys are different. In a lot of ways, we all think the same way. It, it was hard for it's always been hard for me and I'm trying to think because of the way I think things out for me to have friends but we can't tell that that is fantastic and to be counted in that list is an honor is to is an honor to me who's your best friend and why Catherine Thinking you're not going to give me advice, you're going to open this, and this is what um, you use to teach me. And you introduced me to Jesus, which saved my life. I mean, it saved my life, it saved my kids' life, it saved my husband's life, my parents' life, parents. So, um, if there I had to be a person that I was going to reach out to in a crisis, I know that you would go here first and that I could trust that. Kim, did you have your hand up a minute ago? Last call. Who's your best friend and why? Ernie?
And it wasn't until one of them here recently that that I found out that I did have friends and that that there were cultures and worlds. And um I know that uh, because of my past or whatever that that's how things were, but because I have my new life and because I know that I come to you with whatever, you know. And I have. And every time it's like sometimes not what I want to hear. I was the kid growing up. I was I had a great mom and dad. None better, I don't think. Um, three brothers that were not always easy to get along with, but they would do anything that they might whip on me, but if no, they wouldn't let anybody else whip on me, you know. But I grew up that kid. I was a little bit slower than everybody else. I was a little bit, but I just, I was the awkward kid. Uh, and I met Doug, and he made me feel like a friend. Made me feel like his friend. That was a big deal to me. That gift, at that time, I, I don't know that there was any other person in the world that had ever made me feel that way. Uh, He's helped me in so many ways. You've, you've seen it. These guys have seen this all the time, man. And when you see me do this, you're going to say, oh, there's those three circles again. Missed. I threw it like Doug does, a basketball. God made us spiritual beings. God made us physical beings. God has made us emotional beings. This is my body. This is my heart. This is my soul. Uh, in the 44 years that Doug and I have known each other, he has taken care of me in some physical situations that proved he was a friend. Uh, I'd love to tell you stories about. I moved to work with Doug up in Ohio. I'm down here in Texas. Doug calls me and says, hey, man, I want you to come up here and work with me, work with our kids at this church. So I moved my little old family up there. We came from Lubbock. This was the heaviest coat I had. <laughs> I got there. The temperature went to minus 20. We had a blizzard, the worst blizzard in the history of forever. <laughs> there was more snow I'd ever seen in a movie. And guess who was at my house that day? to make sure my kids had milk, make sure I had bread, for t make sure I could get in and out of that driveway. It's Doug. He took care of me that way. Uh, he, and he's done a jillion other things. He's done a jillion other things to be my friend just that way. 
Um, but he's also been good for my heart. And I'd love to tell you stories about, I mean, he lets me beat him at golf. He lets me beat him at racquetball. He lets me beat him at everything. So, yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I loved Jesus and I loved the Bible and I loved to teach people about Jesus, but I was nervous. I was scared to death of my own shadow. I, don't, I couldn't have talked to anybody hardly about it unless it was in a class or something. To just talk to somebody outside the church, that was a big deal to me. It's, it was kind of scary. Doug gets me when we were living together, uh, living up there in Ohio together. He, he says, come on, Rex, we're going to go visit a friend of mine. I'm good, I want to meet some of his friends. He said, I went to high school with this guy. His name's Daryl. I don't know anything about Daryl. I'm just going with Doug. Well, we pull into this part of town, and it's, it's winter time. It's winter, and it's snowing, and it's cold, and I'm thinking, what are we doing out? He said, we want to go visit Daryl. I said, okay. So we pull, up to, we pull up to the back of a bar. Back of a bar, there's a little kind of a, an apartment, the shed attached to the back of this bar, and Doug parks there. There's no street lights. There's nothing, okay? It's dark as a tomb. And there's music playing, and there's folks staggering around. We walk up to this door. The door is, the screen door is hanging kind of cattywampus, you know? And we go up there, and when I, in the past, when I'd gone to knock on somebody's door to see if I could have a Bible study with them or something, I would do this. Nobody's home. <laughs> and I was fine with that, you know? And if there was a big dog anywhere, I'm out of here. You know, I was, that's how I handled it. I'm with Doug, so I'm, and I'm following him. He walks up to the door, pulls this screen door out. I'm thinking, what is he doing? It's, and then he goes, <laughs> loud. I start backing up. And this monster, this monster of a guy jerks open the door. What? <laughs> Lord, take me. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready to go. I was trying to get back in the car. Doug had locked the doors or I'd have been gone. The guy had I'm bushy, I'm not lying, he'll take bushy red hair, like wiry, stiff, red hair, long red hair, a red beard, missing a tooth, and wearing a t-shirt. In the middle of the winter, wearing just a t-shirt, he was a biker, had tattoos everywhere, missing teeth. Looked, he'd fit right in here. I mean, he looked wild and woolly, right? What? And I'm going, Father in heaven, please forgive me. <laughs> and Doug said, uh, Daryl, it's Doug. Doug! And this guy jumps out of the door, starts patting Doug on the back. Oh, man, I haven't seen you forever. Come in here, Doug. Come in here. He lets us into the house. <laughs> there is a Harley Davidson chrome-plated custom-made hog chopper in the living room. It had the nicest room in the house. He treated it better than he did his wife and his kids. And we sit in there, my heart rate is still going pound, 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 pound. This guy doesn't know me from that. He's loving Doug, but he hadn't, you know, looking at me like, who is this guy? And then Doug says, Daryl, my friend Rex has some things he wants to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> And if it hadn't been for that, I don't know that I'd ever started doing what I do now. Doug did that for me. 
Doug did that for me. We spent lots of years together. Uh, when we weren't working together in the same town, when I moved back to Lubbock to do other things, to, to do other work for the Lord, he stayed there. And every year, at least once a year, if not twice a year for years, something like 15 something years, we made sure that we saw each other. We'd meet at some workshop or we'd do something somewhere together. For 15 years we did that. Um, and then I messed up. And you know about that, we've talked about it. I messed up. Humiliated myself, damaged my family, wrecked my life. Guess who came and found me? Guess who sat with me and listened to me cry? Guess who would not let me die? I still remember telling him, I want to die, Doug. I'm just, I want to die. And he said, I forbid it. I won't let that happen. Slipped me some money because I had no money. Sat with me as a friend because I had no friends. But reminded me. The Lord's promise is true. And what the Lord's judgment has taken away, He will restore. I don't know when. In the last year, I think it was, I wrote him a note to say, you told me this 10, 15 years ago. And God has been faithful to that promise. I want to be that kind of friend. I want us to be that kind of friend. Whenever people heard what I did, they wanted to ask why. A lot of them wanted to ask details. Pervs. <laughs> Doug never did. He just sat. He listened. He loved me. Treated me like he always had. Like I was his friend. And that what I'd done didn't change that. I want to be that kind of friend. I want us to be that kind of friend. And not only did he treat me like that when we were together, he treated me like that in public. He stood by me, stood for me when others were around to defend me, to not to defend what I did, but to defend me, to protect me, to love me. I thank God for that kind of friend, but I want to be that kind of friend. I want us to be that kind of friend for anybody who walks through that door. I don't care what they've done. I don't care where they've been. How do we want to treat them when they walk in here? Like the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Right? I love Doug Oaks. That's the truth. And I've said it to him privately. I've written it down and shared it with him privately and written it in public matters and blogs and 
bulletins and things. I've said it to audiences bigger than this one. I'm not ever gonna I'm not ever gonna stop saying that. I'm gonna keep when I read this verse, keep telling people about my friend Doug. I want to be that kind of friend. I want us to be that kind of friend. Didn't know this would even be a possibility. But could you, would you, take a minute and tell Doug why you're glad he was that kind of friend to me? Why are you glad that Doug was that kind of friend to me? Francis. I have a list. <laughs>
<laughs> I've been waiting for this a long time. I would have rather had him teach tonight, but had he taught, he wouldn't have allowed me to honor him this way. But it's not about just honoring him. This is about teaching us. We want to be that friend. And then as we be that friend, then we find that friend, right? So I'm going to ask Doug. He prays for us a lot. He tells me so. So I'm going to ask him to do it now. To pray and ask God to bless this mess.